0: Today's guest was searching for love and acceptance at all costs. She even got scammed out of $20,000. Shemaine, welcome. Let's dive in. What are you studying for?
2: I am studying to be an essential oils coach.
0: Cool. What made you want to do that? Mm -hmm.
2: I have been into essential oils for a long time. Seriously, probably for about three years. I'm into natural remedies, natural things that keep us healthy and I've used lavender forever but really only found out a few years ago just the benefits that it has and I'm just like oh that's why I'm always so calm and laid back and and sleeping good and everything so yes now my database has expanded way past lavender so I'm excited I'm looking forward to taking this opportunity to hopefully go into business for myself, get out the office. So yeah, and I just love it.
0: I love lavender. What other essential oil scents have you found out about? My favorite
2: is peppermint. That's my go-to. My If I'm stranded on a desert island, I have to have my peppermint. Uh, it really helps with my allergies. Uh, I'm in Austin, Texas. I'm not sure where you are. But allergy season is pretty much all year round here because the pollen is always in the air. So it really helps with my allergies. The peppermint does. My holy basil is another one that I love because it really has a calming effect for stress and anxiety. It's been really good going through this time, diffusing some holy basil to help me not get caught up and worry over what may be happening in the world. Uh, Another one, frankincense, it's known as the king of oils. It's really good with cancer, anti-inflammatory properties. So yes, frankincense is another one that I have to have at all times, just to name a few. I have never looked into that at all. Oh, oh, you've got to, you've got to. As a matter of fact, the business Side of it, not for me personally, but I know some. There's some essential oils that are MLMs. You may have heard of Young Living and DoTerra, and from what I've heard, business is really booming because a lot of people who haven't been able to get their pharmaceuticals for whatever reason, get their prescriptions, have been turning to essential oils. Uh, maybe they lost their jobs, and their prescriptions are too expensive. So, I mean, because many of the prescriptions that we take today, take aspirin, for example, the formula of aspirin, which is willow bark and something else that's not coming to me right now, basically came from plants, which a lot of prescriptions, they, they, they looked at the plants and said, this was that we well, let's put it in a lab and see if we can do it better. But the good
0: thing is the plants don't have all of the side effects that prescriptions have. So, you mentioned MLM, and the reason that we connected mm-hmm. today was because you have been scammed. So, aren't you a little weary of scams? I was incredibly naive
2: when. I was scammed. I'm not to say I'm above being scammed, not now by any means, because the scammers are always trying to be one step ahead. That's why they're still in the game, but I'm a lot more knowledgeable now. And I only, when it comes to, especially my essential oils, I research companies and make sure what their process is, because even if they do have a good product. I don't want to do business with someone who does like it's not good with their workers or it's not taking care of them as well. So, yeah, knowledge is is power. And I with Match.com, that was my very first time being on a dating website. It was my first time just really even getting out there. I wasn't even really on the internet a whole lot. I mean, I used Yahoo and had email, but other than that, I really wasn't even on the internet a whole lot. So I was incredibly naive and I've learned, I learned a lot from that, but even other experiences since then. I mean, I never, we all know a catfish, (laughs) which I didn't know anything about that then, but it's a very similar experience. Have you gotten catfished? Other than that, I don't think so. <laughs> Other than when I was defrauded by George, who could easily be Georgina for all I know. I, I don't really
0: don't know. Um, even if I was speaking with a man. I want you to tell me the story of how George began.
2: Well, I had just come out of a religion that I had been involved with for about 10 years. I had been celibate for 10 years and uh, was really kind of hungry for love, so to speak, for romantic relationships. And so I said, and the religion that I was involved with, they really encouraged us to only interact within that particular religion. And so I was just just kind of feeling free from that and wanting a connection, a romantic connection. So I said, hey, I'm going to try match.com. I have a very good friend and a niece who met uh, my friend. She didn't meet her husband online, but she dated a lot online uh, successfully. And then I have a niece who met her husband on the line, and they've been married over 10 years. So I wasn't really leery of it. got on Match.com. It was a Sunday morning and was swiping. And I met, met George. He was the first person. He reached out to me, and he was very complimentary. We started talking, hit it off really well. I was fixing breakfast and we chatted for maybe about an hour. And next thing you know, he's like, you know what? You're the one. You're you're so cool. I really like you. I want to focus all my time on you. And so I'm going to just delete my profile. I don't need to be on here anymore. Let's talk on Yahoo Messenger. And so I'm like, oh, okay. You know, sure. I was very like I said, this this is just what I was looking for. He was good looking. He was retired or in the military, getting coming up towards retirement, according to him. He had been in the U.S. military for uh, almost 30 years and was serving over in uh, Iraq and was just looking forward to coming home and finding someone special to spend the rest of his life with. So, we started messaging on Yahoo Messenger. What I know now, what I didn't know then, is that all military has emails M-I-L. That should have been the first red flag for me, but I missed that. So we're messaging. He was very attentive. We talked several times a day. He was everything that I wanted other than the fact that he wasn't here. He messaged me every morning. Good morning. He sent me flowers. Probably two weeks after we had started talking, he sent me flowers and a teddy bear uh, and balloons. And so that was just like, huh, oh, because I, I really love, I send myself flowers. I love to receive flowers. And so <laughs> I had never even mentioned that to him. So it really got me. It was getting me hooked right there. And so we got to talk and I said, well, I want to talk to you and he said that his phone had been damaged in night duty and he didn't have audio and so i said well you know we need to fix that so i said how about i send you a phone so i sent him a care package baked in cookies homemade cookies and everything i sent a scarf and a little bear and maybe about a week later he sends me a picture with the box and the little bear on top and the cookie tin and in front of these guys who were standing like maybe, what do you call it, a tarmac in front of the plane. And they were standing there in the boxes right there. And so as far as I was concerned then, he was real. And that really just got me. And it wasn't long after that, probably about during that week, that's when the sex talk started. With me, like I said, I hadn't had sex in 10 years, so <laughs> he really, he really had me going. He was very poetic, very nice, complimentary. We talked, you know, messaged probably three or four times a day. It was just, it was all I thought that I wanted. And so maybe about, after we had talking for about maybe four to six weeks, It was, babe, you know, I really want to come home, but I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get there because, and just once again, just being naive, like you've served in the military, you've given them 30 years of your life, the U.S. Army, but they're not going to get you home. (laughs) He needed me to get him home. So at this point, I'm just, I'm just so down for whatever. Sure, I'll help you. what do you need? And that's where it began. He hooked me up with another guy. This guy was sent the money to Ghana. That person got it to them. And so first it was like small amounts. If I can get $200, that will help me. And then there was times when they were out of resources, they needed food, they were stranded. Another time he got injured and even showed me pictures of so-called him in the hospital with his thigh all bandaged up and bruised, and he had caught shrapnel in his thigh and everything, and that's when he was, they were on a mission, and that's when they found this thing in the desert, that so-called hidden place of Saddam Hussein, and they had found all this gold, and you know, we're going to divide it up amongst us, it was 10 of them, And, babe, we're just going to be so rich and live large. I'm going to take care of you. But I just have to get home. Uh, Can you send me $500? And this went on, Rena? probably, I would say probably for about another four to six weeks. I took out loans. And that's how it ended up getting out of control because I took out loans with my bank. I even ended up taking out payday loans. And if you know anything about those, they build up interest super fast. And so next thing you know, I think flags started going off. But at the same time, after I had invested so much, I just began unconsciously lying to myself, just forcing it to be real because I had invested so much. It got to a point where I was like, you know what? this is not happening. It's not meant to be even if you are who you say you are. I can't do this. I just told him that I wasn't going to give him any more money. You know, if you ever make it back home, call me. Because really, in the end, I still was in denial of wanting to believe that I had been scammed. Yeah still to this day. I know that they're everywhere. I use insight timer meditation device and I've been approached by three scammers on there, you know, and it's like, no, dude, I'm not trying to date. I'm trying to meditate.
0: Bye-bye. I even feel like that first gift you gave him was a lot.
2: It was because it was an iPhone. It wasn't just a a (laughs) random, what do you call
0: it? Track phone. Did he ever try to talk you back into being with him? He did. I would say maybe about
2: five or six months later, he reached out to me again on email and he actually called me. Believe it or not, this was actually the first time that I ever spoke with quote unquote George. His photos was of a Hispanic man and the person who was calling me clearly had a European accent holy mackerel. They are so bold and they are, they're brazen. They don't give up and they will try anything. Anytime somebody comes to approaches me on a dating app and they are just so flowery with their compliments and just, oh, just right out of a book, just so poetic and everything. I'm like, eh, nope, move on. I don't even respond. I used to, in a state of bitterness, try to lead them on, but (laughs) I don't do that anymore. I'm just like really just over it.
0: Have you tried at all to like contact match.com and like out that guy?
2: I did contact match.com and one that I use often is Bumble. And the ones that have approached me on there, I will notify them. I've been approached on Instagram. And yes, I would do that definitely now because my main thing is, and that's one of the main reasons why we're talking, is to alert other women who may be naive out there dating online because it's a big thing. It's a lot bigger now, especially with the pandemic going on. A lot of people are turning to online dating. So, yes, and really just me not being educated because match.com, they tell you they have uh, guidelines and policies and they even give you some things to look out for, to watch out for scammers. I didn't even look at that initially when I got on. So that was totally my bad. It's not to excuse George. I don't, there's no way I would ever lying is lying. doesn't excuse him for doing what he did for me, but at the same time it's up to us to be educated and look out for ourselves whenever we're doing anything online because it's just too easy for people to be someone other than who they say they are.
0: Is there any way that his cell phone could be tracked?
2: I tried that. I I talked to a lawyer. It's like searching for a needle in a haystack really with the information that I had. And I really hold myself to a higher accountability now whenever I'm doing anything online, but especially if I'm on my Bumble app.
0: How much did he altogether take from you?
2: I would say fourteen dollars to $15,000 in his pocket. But when it was all said and done, after I paid off the loan interest and all of that, it cost me probably around $20,000. I hate him. So, <laughs> I went through that too. <laughs> I did. I had serious trust issues for a long time. Because with me just coming out of the religion and some of the things that I had been, the religion that I was involved with was very male-dominated. When you combined all of that, my interaction with George probably went on for about four or five months. But I was bitter probably for about two years after that. And really what I set out to do, which was have a romantic connection, it just totally derailed that. I believe in karma. I believe that what we put out there will come back to us. I let go of the possibility of me getting any of my money back. I had to release it for me to be truly be able to move on with my life and be happy and cleanse my karma. I had to forgive myself, because I was down on myself for a long time. That was all a part of it. That like, how could you be so stupid? How could you just be, ugh, like, how how did you not see? Like, how can you, can you tell that photo was photoshopped? I mean, just, yes. So me finally forgiving myself really enabled me to be able to let all that other go. Say what you want about the pandemic. There are some good things that have come from it, if we allow it. You know, especially when it comes to taking the time to really go
0: deep, within ourselves and do some soul searching. We've not had no choice. I love that. What is dating like for you right now? Are you dating anyone?
2: I'm dating a guy that I knew from 30 years ago. I mean, it's kind of a long distance thing. I'm not saying he would like for it to be serious, but he knows where I stand because I'm not really looking for the long distance thing. I want some, somebody close up, but I'm a lot more open. I'm a lot more, approachable. I am more trusting because I trust myself more now. I would like to date someone local and have a more romantic and intimate relationship with a man. But yeah, right now, I just still got those feelers out there. Keeping my eyes open at the grocery store and trying to make that eye contact.
0: (laughs) Sometimes that's all it takes. Right, exactly. Can you talk to me a little bit about the 10 years that you were celibate? I mean, you were young. I was.
2: And before that happened, if someone had said, you know what, in your 40s, you're going to be celibate, I would have been like, get out of here. You're crazy. But I was really dedicated to the belief of even though I had children, I had two grown children, so I'd already had children, but I was really believed in the fact that you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage based on some principles in the Bible. And because I was so involved with my religious practice, which included a lot of Bible reading and studying and, and prayer and whatnot, and I was, I was really focused on that So I did not let myself think in terms of physical because I wasn't married. So it was like, why am I going to be thinking like that and, you know, rouse up the flesh, so to speak, if that's not something that I can participate in? Because masturbation was even looked down upon in the religion. So I was not only not having sex with anyone, I was trying very hard not to even have sex with myself. And I was not successful. <laughs> as successful with that. My spirituality right now, I'm just gonna put it this way, my spirituality based right now is based on my personal relationship with God. And I'm not saying that it wasn't then, but then I cared a lot about men's opinions on what I should be doing as far as my sexuality and morality was concerned. Now I'm more concerned about my own, Shemaine's thoughts, Shemaine's relationship, my intuition and spirituality where it leads me. And I let that be my guide. I'm thankful for what happened for me with the scammer because I'm not happy about the fact that I lost all the money, but it was still a learning experience for me. And it's still going on. And so I'm able to help people and spread the word. And I'm able to know that I have that self-control to be able to, to be celibate for all that time. And because for one, let me tell you this, I work for a medical lab. And today I came across a lab test. This person had HIV, chlamydia, syphilis, and gonorrhea. And I'm just like, Bleh like just really wanting to throw up. And so it's like when we make a wrong turn and we're like, oh, I stopped beating myself up over wrong turns a long time ago because I said, you know what? That wrong turn could have saved me. I'm thankful for every experience that I've had in my life. I have not maybe been able to figure out the lesson from all of it yet, but it's definitely helped to make me the woman that I am today. And I'm still learning, I'm still growing, I'm still here, I, I can still laugh, and I still have love in my life and things are good.
0: I love that, and I feel really bad for the person that that was their test result.
2: <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. What's really scary about that, and my daughters, <laughs> I'm sure sometimes I probably get on, their nerve, get on their nerves and like, mom please, okay, we get the point. But it's like someone who has HIV, Possibly had HIV. They get it. People, I mean, look how long Magic Johnson has had HIV for 20 years and is still living happy and, and healthy from, from all accounts. With what they've come up with, people can live with HIV and be okay. When you add syphilis and chlamydia, you're out there active, still unprotected, knowing that you have this illness, this disease, and you're just spreading it. Like, uh, and it's probably somebody fine, you know, or somebody gorgeous, you know, looking sitting up here looking like either Beyonce or Bruno Mars. You cannot go by what a person looks like, and I mean, really, when you combine all that, can you imagine the smell really? Ugh
0: wow, oh my goodness, <laughs> and truth be told, I have not heard. Of a lot of people getting HIV anymore. I haven't seen it
2: as much lately. Now there's different areas. I work uh, the Houston area, but different areas because our labs are. We're mainly in Texas, but we're definitely in other areas too, like Oklahoma and Louisiana, down south. You see it more in different areas. It seems to be more rampant near colleges and college towns, but you know where else is prevalent senior home communities, and not necessarily HIV, but just
0: STIs.
2: Young people and old people.
0: Well, yeah, I guess that was one been... good thing about being celibate for 10 years. That definitely <laughs> right. Exactly. Kept you away from some of that. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. I am curious about your upbringing and how you got into that religion in the first place.
2: When I was an infant, my mom was in the Holiness Church. That's where I pretty much spent the first 10 years of my life. But when I was just an infant, my mom caught the Holy Ghost. And when she caught the Holy Ghost, she threw her eight month old baby up into the air. And someone else caught me. (laughs) So at least that's the story, how the story goes. Yeah. So that's when it started. And then we were in church twice on Sunday. Tuesday was prayer night. Wednesday was choir rehearsal. My mom was in the choir. So we were also there Wednesday, Friday night service too. So that's what uh, four times a week. My parents were divorced when I got 10. My mom decided then they called it backsliding. My mom backslid and left the church, but then we started going to another church, the Baptist church then, and it was a lot looser. Not everything that you did was sin, whereas in the holiness church, you know, pretty much everything that you did outside of the church was, was sinful. Then we went to a non-denominational church. When I was 17, we went back to that holiness Then I ended up pregnant, had my first daughter, but I was still in the church. You know, I went before the church and went before the congregation and told them I was pregnant and I was sorry and I sinned against God and I sinned against y'all and I repent. I ended up leaving the church. And when I left the church that time, I was just like, I'm done. You know, I'm not going to be restricted like that. And that's kind of when the wild years started. So I often refer to my 20s as a train wreck because I'm also a recovered crackhead. And so, yeah, I went through all of that and finally got off that ride. But that, too, was a blessing in as much as even though I did that, I didn't have to spend time in rehab. I had a supernatural experience where I was cleansed. And once that happened to me, I remember it just like yesterday. I was washing dishes, my hands were in the sink, all of a sudden I started feeling this tingling in my fingers and this white, just white all around me. And it just really felt like it washed over me. And I never smoked any bit of crack after that at all.
0: Who introduced you to crack?
2: Once again. (laughs) Me and my naivety since I grew up. Once I got out of the house, I really when I had my baby, my mom was kind of kind of controlling with me. And once I had my daughter, I was like, you're not gonna tell me what to do anymore. I'm getting out here on my own. And I moved to the hood. There were all kinds of things. There was dealers on the corner at all times and in the building where I lived. I had a friend that I got close to, and I used to smoke my smoke my weed, and she would smoke her Moe's, which is weed and crack cocaine mixed together. I would say, I want to try that. And yeah, before you know it, I was out there buying it myself. I would get what they call an eight ball. I would cut up, I would sell half, I would smoke the rest. So even then, I was breaking even, but it was still just just reeling me in, just reeling me in. So next thing, when it was all said and done, I did end up moving back home, thinking if I get out of the environment, that that would help. But really, it didn't.
0: You have been through a lot.
2: When I think about it, it's like, wow, talking to you, I'm like, wow, I, geez. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Do you have any mantras? I do this for at least 10 minutes every morning. I get in my quiet place and close my eyes. And I look to like right in between my eyes, like at the bridge of my nose, right there is what's called the Ajna door. Uh, It's kind of a little below your third eye. And so I put my focus there and I just Amrita guru. Amrita guru. And then I just sit. And then maybe 15, 20 seconds, I'll call it back, Amrita Guru. Amrita stands for Nectar of Enlightenment. And so basically, it's just you're putting out a request to connect with your higher self. As far as a a mantra, I love Soham, which means I am. I am so inspired by you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: Oh my gosh, it's so awesome. Is there anything you would like to ask my daddy? I started off going to wanting to say hi to daddy.
2: <laughs> what does he feel is the
0: best quality to look for in a partner? That's a beautiful question. I'm sure he will have a deep answer. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your story with me. I loved connecting with you. This has been awesome.
2: I really, really appreciate it. And I can't wait to hear what Daddy has to say,
0: too. Better call Daddy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let's go to Grandpa.
1: She has been scammed, yes, but she gave you insight to her whole life story of where she started and where she's ended up. And through her journey, just like uh, most of us go through the journey, there's going to be choices that we make. There's repercussions for those choices. And we hope that, that we survive some of the bad points in life and can learn from them and adjust. She's trying to grow and develop and now help others. And she's trying very hard to find the right answers. And the right answers is to make sure that you're well-educated and can devise things on your own, where you can not only stand on your own two feet and make a living, but where you also can research and develop your mind enough to be able to seek out truth. We all can have opinions of what truth is. We can all interpret things and think that we know what someone else's intentions are. But we really don't. We have to see how it plays out and then analyze it and be true to ourselves to really know what the truth is. I think Shemaine has also grown up under a restrictive set of circumstances with her study of religion. And sometimes when you have these restrictions and we're human, it's very tough to live with very deep restrictions. So what happens is that when you restrict yourself, then you want to take those shackles off and throw them away and be loose as a goose. And then you find out that being loose as a goose isn't the answer either. You have to have some type of order to your life and some type of discipline, but it comes down to where you have to have understanding and knowledge. And what does Wayne want to do? He wants to be able to gain at certain point in his life where it's important to me to feel like the experiences that I had, that i become a little wiser. And I want my wisdom rating to go up. And wisdom isn't necessarily measured in dollars and cents, is it?
0: Yeah, she has had some interesting chapters there.
1: For sure. But what she has been searching for is the approval, sometimes, of what it is to be part of a man's world. And now she's finding out That she doesn't have to necessarily be part of the rules of a man's world. She can be and adhere to the rules of her own world. And that's what we all have to come to an understanding on. And uh, she asked the question at the end, what attribute is the best attribute to find in a man where you can have a relationship that's real? And that's exactly the attribute that you have to make sure that you understand about a man, that he's not a blowhard, that he's not just trying to get into your pants, but that he wants to be your friend. He wants to be your ally. He wants to be able to have a relationship where you do things together. You don't have to agree on everything, but that you can work things out and and where uh, it's a give and take And in any relationship. You have to be able to go with what he wants. And he has to be able to go with what you want. And these people that put their arm around your shoulder and want to give you all this sweet talk and all of this bullshit, unfortunately, sometimes it's just not real, okay? And unfortunately, we want it to be real. We want it to be right. And she lived in a neighborhood also growing up where it was a tough, tough neighborhood. And the people she was hanging out with, even that were her friends, were saying, hey, let's blow some weed. Let's blow some coke. And the funny part is, is that once you get hooked, there are addictions. And it's not easy to just try it. What happens is that it catches you. And having these experiences of addiction, of being scammed, of being sweet-talked when you're searching for love, after restricting yourself, she was again on the search for like when she was very, very young of of being part of the church and being part of being close to God and trying to not be sinful. And uh, this is why she sacrificed not having sex outside of uh, of marriage. But uh, the truth of the matter is, is that being human, it's not necessarily an easy task. This in and out of finding your comfort level with God is also something that we all go through. I have a very strong relationship with God, and I don't have to necessarily be in synagogue three times a day to have that close relationship with God. Other people feel like to have a close relationship with God, you have to abide by a very, very strict behavior of rules. And the funny part is is that the rules that some humans want to tell you is what the rules are, aren't necessarily really God's rules at all. So we have to be able to understand that you can have a relationship with God on your own terms and still be religious.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by Ren 10 Media. If you want to look and sound your best for a podcast of your own, you want to get in touch with Ren 10 Media. When I first contacted them, Better Call Daddy was just a twinkle in my daddy's eye. And now, only after a couple months in, we're at like 50 episodes. Reach out to info at ren10media.co.za and use the subject line Better Call Daddy. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy show. <laughs>